Welcome to Rhymes Against Humanity. This is my podcast, Adam Brodsky. It is the, I don't know, it's early in May. And what we're doing today is uh, I have my friend Chris Hebner come into the studio and we talked about uh, baseball songs. Chris wanted to be on the podcast and talk about baseball songs and I said that's a fine idea with baseball starting off. The Phillies are already uh, 0-1 at the time uh, that I'm recording this intro and uh, hopefully it is it is one of less than 100 losses they will have. That is sort of the goal for the uh, for the year. Anyway... Uh, Chris, uh, Chris had some of his favorite baseball songs, and so we're gonna we're gonna go through those. Uh, they are some are, some are, are some of my favorites, and some were uh, were interesting choices. We had a nice talk about it, and uh, I hope you I hope you like you know baseball. But it's 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 a Rosha baseball. It's the first uh, first day of spring, and it feels feels really good, even though it's fucking freezing out today. It's like thirty degrees, which is some bullshit. But uh, but anyway, listen to uh, my interview with uh, my good friend Chris Hebner, a a, a huge music and baseball fan, and he actually gave us uh, uh, some, some good songs to listen to, so I hope you enjoy. Thanks a lot. Hello, and welcome to Rhymes Against Humanity, the uh, baseball edition. It is uh, almost opening day. Opening day is in, uh, it, it is the Saturday before Easter. We're right when, uh, right between when Jesus was killed and comes back. This was his, uh, what did he do that day? He got, he, he, he got psyched, he got prepared, he hung out in the cave. I guess he was just in the cave. Yeah. Just in the cave, just yeah. being like, oh, people are going to fucking freak out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Just wait till they see what I got. <laughs> exactly. He, he was doing the dress, the run through, the rehearsal. Um, and he heard people crying outside the cave. He's like, oh, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it is the Saturday before Easter. And then the uh, the season gets started, what, uh, April 2nd or so? Sure. Sure, why not? I'm going good. to um, both Phillies Futures games. Okay. Uh, they're, they're, they're doing one in Reading. Where it's a bunch of Phillies I never heard of right. play a bunch of Phillies farm system guys I never heard of, and then they're doing the same thing at uh, the Vet. Uh, cool. uh, uh, I call it the Vet. The Vet or Ashburn Park. I call right. it one of those two things. I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to name it after a bank. Uh, um, so they, so, so so I'm going I'm going to both of those, and it's cool because uh, for the uh, at the Vet. Um, I'm sitting in the rich people seats for not rich people prices. It's like thirty bucks to sit in in section one seventeen or whatever. Sweet, yeah. So, uh, so I'm gonna see a bunch of Phillies. So let me ask you. Uh, by the way, I'm here with Chris Hebner, who is possibly the biggest baseball fan and one of the biggest music fans I personally know. Like, first, here's Chris Hebner. Chris Hebner is one of only two people in the world that I know that woke up with a with a U2 album on their iPhone and went. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is like, "What the fuck?" That is but true. You and Jim Taggart, the only two guys, are like, "Cool, awesome, great, uh, great thanks, record. Bono." <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, so that's how much you like music. All right. Another friend of mine, like Ray Banyas, likes music so much that, like, I, I can't trust his opinion on music because mm. he likes. He's like a cat that rubs up against everything. He's like, "Stairway to Heaven," what a great song. Which I imagine it was for the first thirty years, and then it's not. Maybe it's like a joke that's like it's funny and then it's not funny and then it gets funny again. Maybe it's funny again. Maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's good again. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So also you are a gigantic baseball fan, uh, so much so that you uh, you were the impetus behind us forming a softball team. You yes. said we should form a team. Yes. And uh, um, and you collected the checks. And it was a great plan and it worked out very well. <laughs> we won like four games over four years. Four years. Or so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and and then and ironically like. Uh, um, we were both left-handed first basemen. You know what a softball team does not need two of? We had a lot of first basemen on that team. First, at least you hit for power. I was a left-handed first baseman who hit for we average. Had a lot of no arm, no run. Yeah, it was. Hitters. If you show up early enough, you don't have to play center field. That right. was the key. Right. So, we, yeah, we were. I was. I was like the oldest person on the team by like five years, and I think I was third in line for MVP. Yes. That's. But. But we we had fun. We had fun. We did have fun. Yeah, yeah. We had a good time. So, those were the strikes. We had a cool logo. We did have a cool. It was based logo. on the strokes. Only yes. it was the strikes. Get it? Because it's music, a fun. baseball. Even better yeah. for a bowling league. But you know, yeah. strikes are not good in baseball. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are the earned runs. <laughs> yes. So anyway. anyway. Um, so what happened was so first let's first talk about the uh, 2016 Philadelphia Phillies. Have you done any research? Have you been listening to any games? Um, yeah, I think the 2016 Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs are going to be a hell of a team, and yes. they're going to win the, the the International League. Is that what they're in? Uh, yes, they are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, because international. Uh, maybe there's one team in Toronto. Maybe <laughs> so. So if two of those guys come up next year, then maybe okay. they'll start to be in good shape. Well, w- the the word on the street is. Um, is 
They're they're still going to lose a hundred games. Are they still going to lose a hundred games? No, no. So what do you what do you have? How many how many do you think they're going to win? 65, 70? 70. 70 is about right. Okay. Seventy seventy five. Okay. Yeah. So that puts them at seventy and what's that? Seventy and ninety five or whatever that comes out to. You're not going to have Ryan Howard waving at curveballs all year because he's only playing half the games. He's going to play half the games, and if he can hit, they're not going to play him. Okay. He's done after this year. Nobody that's involved in the team is married to him. You know what I heard about? He has, They have an option for him for 2017. Yeah. And it's $10 million if they don't win. It's a $10 million buyout. Right. Or it's like a $17 million option. For $7 million, he's not a bad first baseman. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I know, but but think about it. Where are you going to get a guy like that? For I mean, you know what I really wish? is I wish he'd been bringing his son to the clubhouse every day. Right. Then you could fire him. Then, make him make well, him then retire. we'd have a leader. Right? Yeah. Then we'd have a, yes. Uh, we could use more leaders. Uh, so is is he hold? I don't even know. Is he holding anybody up at first base? Is there a guy in Lehigh Valley that's looking to, it's itching to come the up? The guy in Reading last year, Brock Stassi. I think that's how you say his name. Is he's a non-prospect. He's 25, and I think he won the MVP award last year. Okay. So same as Darren Ruff four years ago, same as Ryan Howard eight years ago. Okay. Or ten years ago, however long it's been. Um, apparently, he's a good defensive first baseman. I think he's going to open the year in AAA. Like I said, he's a non-prospect. He's 25. Okay. But he could come up. Now, there's another guy in single A, Rise Hopkins, who was a high draft pick, and I think they, they peg him as the first baseman of the future. Okay. And uh, uh, so where is he in Lakewood? He, I don't think he's in Lakewood. I think he might be in Clearwater last year. He might, I'm not sure where he's going to shake out this year. It might be high A or double A. Okay. Start, but he's young. Okay. Cool. So, so they seem to be moving in the right direction. And Go they on. got the 16 year old kid. Really? That they signed out of South America for a hundred. Was it a hundred grand? No, 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 four million. Okay. They signed some sixteen-year-old kid for four million dollars. So in five years or ten years, maybe he'll. Okay, and and so so where would he? Is he in like the Gulf Coast? He's or not he even. The, yeah, just okay. uh, he might not even be here yet. Oh, right. You know, he might be in the Dominican League, but um. Okay. So that's that's the far and away. Have you ever been up to a, a crosscutters game? No. That is super fun because those yeah. are little babies. That's it's short season. Right. So it starts in June or July. And uh, um, and like these are kids that just got drafted. Like one of the what they're trying to do now is learn how to use a wooden bat. That's mm-hmm. pretty much the first thing they're doing. Right. And it's it's really cool. I sat next to uh, I sat next to a guy. Uh, uh, that, oh, I sat next. I sat three seats away from this Venezuelan girl that the that the hotshot pitcher had flown in. Uh, and then I sat next to this this guy that was explaining all the deal about a lot of these guys. They stay with the they stay with host families, mm-hmm. and the Dominican kids are blown away by like. All of the hamburgers. They they just don't have the hamburgers. So, right, right, so they right. love they love to, to eat. And then, and then the the American guys they all live together. You know, a bunch of bunch of nineteen year olds all mm-hmm. live in nine of them in a disgusting apartment. And uh, so we, it, that that's a fascinating good time. And I actually went um I went in August. So we, we saw that that's in uh, um Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Williamsport, yeah. So we went and saw the Little League World Series games, and then went over and saw guys that were like you know four years older than the Little League World Series guys right. playing. So that that's a that's a fun trip. It's like three hours from cool. Here. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that's a good time. Anyway, so. Around the time that the Phillies were trying to not lose a uh, hundred games, they actually lost ninety nine last year. Right, great season. Um, <laughs> they, they they did better than expected. Still one of the top, you know, twenty best seasons in Phillies history. <laughs> That's true. You know what I found interesting is that when you look at, at not this year, but I guess two years ago, uh, um, Ryan Howard, uh, Chooch, Jimmy Rollins, and Chase Utley were on one of the best Phillies teams in history, and two years ago they were on one of the worst teams in Phillies history. Those four guys. Yeah. So, anyway, as they were doing that, you drunkenly texted me and said, your podcast is great. I want to be on your podcast. I was like, okay. I did say that. We were both at the Phillies game, and I had uh, two beers. Yes. And I was I, I got into the podcast, because you know, everybody likes Mark Maron now. I think the president had probably been on the week before. Right, yeah. And you two had been on the You Talking You Two to Me podcast. Right. So, I've been obsessed with those two things, and still are. So, yeah, I was like, that's cool. I want to... Yeah. Go talk shit for an hour. Yeah. So I'm so, interesting. So you said <laughs> you're, you're not you're not uninteresting. <laughs> he shakes his head no. Uh, you got some uh, some things. You anyway, got, yes, that yeah. is how this happened. So yeah, so so you said I just need an angle now, and I said, well, let's do baseball songs. Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of great baseball songs, and then so you sent me a list, and we were going to do it for the playoffs last year, but then I don't know what happened. So yeah. But now we're gonna uh, so now it's gonna be this will this will go post around opening day. Uh, thereabouts, and, and you sent me a bunch of songs, um, which we're going to talk about, uh, um, and some of these are great, and some of these, I think, like, let's talk about Stopping By by Jason Isbell. <laughs> 
You sent me this because it's ostensibly a baseball song in that he mentions the Atlanta Braves <laughs> briefly in the first verse. Yes, that was my excuse to get a Jason Isbell song on the podcast. It is not a great song. No, it's not. It's before he became great. Mm-hmm. It's the album before he became great. He was he was good. Yeah. But before he was, you know, NPR, XPN. Yeah, before great. he was that guy. Right. I think I think he slept in my house because Drive By Truckers crashed one night. Okay. Uh, so I don't remember him, but I assume he was there. I remember uh, um, Patterson was. I remember talking to Patterson a lot. Hmm. But uh, um, was that like around New Year's? Because there's one year where he marched in the Mummers Parade. That was, was not drunk. then. No, they did not. He did not march in the Mummers Parade. It was uh, the three of us, uh, uh, the, the truckers. And and me and Mojo Nixon all played a show together. Okay. And uh, uh, and then I asked them if they had a place to crash, or they asked me. I don't know. Anyway, so they so they all came back and crashed, uh, and it was it was great. And then we went out to we went out to breakfast the next day uh, at the South Street Diner, and so uh, um, and and that was that was before the you know the drive by truckers got really huge. It was right. back when they would when a place to crash would be something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I remember one of them slept in the van because they didn't want they you know they had a trailer full of shit. Right. They didn't want to get stole. So I assume Jason was there. I, I, I that might have been before he joined the band. Okay. Was that like a like a Kyber show on like a uh, upstairs at Nick's? Upstairs at Nick's. Yeah. Okay. That was probably before he was in the band. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Good. Then yeah. I don't feel bad about not 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 chatting. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is my big opportunity. Um, all right, so let us play. I'm going to figure out how to do this. We're going to play uh, uh, this Jason. We're going to play just the first verse of this Jason Isbell song. All right. Uh, 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 called Stopping <laughs> By, which vaguely mentions the Atlanta Braves, which are a baseball club. Well, it's like a father-son thing, and that's baseball. And Okay, okay. it's a stretch. It all is, right. it is. But there's some really good ones on this list you gave all me. Right. First verse of Jason Isbell stopping by. Uh, what record is that on? Do you know? Nope. Okay, good. But, but you said, <laughs> but that was before the the, the big million seller the, record. Before um, Southeastern, yeah, which was the one they had um, the song about cancer. Yeah, that, yeah, you know, killed everybody. Right. Okay, so that was that was Jason Isbell. You got him on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> I, he'll be he'll be on sometime. Next time he's stopping through, I'll say you slept at my house. Remember? And I'll just I'll talk about it with such with such authority. Like remember that time? You don't know. Truckers? Yeah, exactly. You were you were probably drunk. He's yeah, like, you were wasted. Right? You know. Exactly. You don't know. That's why you quit drinking. Yeah. You stayed at my house. Exactly. You were right. all you talked about that night. Right. Was, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of all I talked about that night, last night uh, we we discussed when I got here. I, I went to the uh, Ken Queters movie, which which premiered last night. Yes. The mass hallucination of Ken Queters. Some I, I wish you knew the guys name the uh, college kid that made the documentary about Ken Queter. Um so you uh like the I went to the early bird special mm-hmm. uh so it was like a 3:30 showing and then there were two more showings and then I think the late one had a had a Q&A session okay um and it was really cool you know Kenny was there and uh, uh and uh, you know so I was there with uh, it was the early bird special so I was there with all, with all the old people I was there with uh, uh, uh Skip Stevens uh, uh Skip was there Skip okay. Denenberg Skip Stevenson right Skip Denenberg was there okay and uh um and then and Mia showed up cuz she had a gig that night uh, uh playing you know She's like she's she's carrying the torch because Mia does the same. You know, a lot of the movie is about how you know it's got Kenny's history and the secret kids and all that and, all, and the songs and everything. And then it's it's got a uh, um, a piece about how well he switched over to playing covers, you know, because uh, uh, it's it's that or get a job. This is the calling that he's got. And so you yourself are in a pretty successful cover band, right? Um, you play. I'm in a cover band. You're, you 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 got a regular gig there at Old Mahones. This is true. Yeah. So you're playing bass in that band? Yes. And uh, uh, what, you guys, what kind of songs do you guys do? We we do, um, you know, we, we started out trying to do songs that, um, that other people don't do. 
Um, we cover the replacements. We cover Starfucker by the Stones. Oh, cool! But we also do Sympathy for the Devil. Um, we do a few Beatles tunes, the Police, um, Power Trio stuff. Okay. Um, our guitar player is uh, ridiculous. He is the guitar player for the Martha Graham Cracker Review. Oh, right. Okay, I saw them. And he's also the music director for Peekaboo Review. Oh, I know that. I, I we had dinner with that guy and his wife in Del one time. Uh, I, I, we had dinner because I think you were playing. Maybe it was your baby shower. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, yeah, I met my diaper party. Yes, your diaper party. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, where I bought you the adult size diapers. Right, right, right. So uh, we, it, we what's tried, his name? Rich Hill. Okay. So we try to exploit Rich. You know, he can play "Cold of Personality" by Living Color. So right. we have to play that. He can do "Purple Rain" and it's perfect. So we got to do that. You know. So it's like, what can we? How can we use him? Right. To make us look good, and uh, so that's kind of how that that works. So, uh, so it's uh, it's you, Rich Hillen, and who's who's fronting? Uh, the drum. We all sing. Okay. Um, the drummer's name is Steve Bresky. He's a Delawarean who plays in an original band called Running Late. They play down in Delaware uh, several times a year. Okay. And uh, yeah, he sings and plays drums. Rich sings and plays guitar, and I sing and play bass. Cool. So don't, it's fun. don't shake your squeaking. Sorry. On the chair, it's, it's okay. But then people just be like. Who was farting the whole time? Like, it was Hebner. <laughs> He's nervously twitching. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. I had did an interview last week with uh, I don't know if you know Brad Yoder in Pittsburgh. We mm-hmm. had a, a really great interview. Like uh, um, his, it, it's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. His his he, uh, his folks were Amish, okay. so I, uh, I I gave him some dates. You want to do do the? And he said, "Well, I can't do that because I'm going to Costa Rica to visit my my Amish relatives." And I said, "You're going what to where? My who what?" So I said, well, let's do it after that, because that's a story I want to hear. Right, right, right. So he was great. Although at the end, for some unknown reason, uh, I started, I had a bottle of water, and I just start squeezing my water bottle. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the radio, I'm the podcasting professional here. Right. So, uh, yes, anyway, so I saw Queter's documentary, okay. and, and it was real good, and Kenny's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks, and uh, cool. um, I might even have the, uh, the the director on as well, so we're going to do, do a bunch of talking. All right, so next song you want to, what do you, you want to uh, uh, play? Let's see. You know what? Let's talk about um, Todd Snyder. You've seen Todd Snyder play live, right? No. You've never seen him play live? I don't think so. Puts on a great show. Yeah. And he wrote this uh, song called America's Favorite Pastime um, that you put on the list, which is very good. I, I hadn't uh, um, I hadn't heard this song, and this is about the, 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 the famous story. So tell the... Uh, Oh, it's the it's okay. Uh, it's the Doc Ellis story. Oh, it's this is the Doc Ellis one. Yeah, okay. this is the Doc Ellis song. So we're gonna play this. We'll let we'll let Todd tell it. And uh, this here is a is a very cool song. So hang on a second. It's called America's Favorite Pastime. Doc Ellis didn't think it was pitching that day back in 1970. When he and his wife took a trip to the ballpark a little bit differently So by the time that he hit the bullpen Half the world had melted away That's about the time Coach Murtaugh came and said Doc, your pitch today but Taking the mound, the ground turned into the ice and on birthday cake That leadoff man came up and turned into a dancing rattlesnake that crowd tracked back and forth Them waves of color underneath the sun That ball turned into a silver bullet His arm into a gun I took a look all around the world one time I finally discovered You can't judge a book Three up, three down for three straight innings And a zero, zero tie it's all them batter's names Come ringing from a voice out of the sky Hallucinating Halloween saints Each new swing of the bat His singer looked like it was falling off a table But nobody was hallucinating that Took a look all around the world one time I finally discovered You can't judge a world Top of the seventh, he was up one to nothing, giving them Padres fifth. About the bottom of the eighth, he was up two to nothing, and they still hadn't got any hits. With one hour left to go in the game, battle looked like a baby child. That birthday cake was shaking down waves, the color was going wild. Top 
time that he mowed the last man down, he was high as he'd ever been. Laughing to the sound of the world going round completely unaware of the wind. And while the papers would say he was scattered that day, he was pretty as a picture could be. The day Doc Ellis of the Pittsburgh Pirates threw a no-header on LSD. I took a look all around the world one time. I finally discovered you can't judge a book. And that was Todd, Todd Snyder's uh, um, uh, America's Favorite Pastime. Uh, so I spoke to somebody, uh, um, and because it, I've never, I, I, I took like half a tab of acid in college once, mm-hmm. and I didn't take enough, but I was a scared little pussy. So anyway, so, I, so nothing really amazing happened. Um, and I said to somebody, that just doesn't seem possible to me that you could that you could throw. A no hitter high on LSD. It doesn't seem like like the like like those two are compatible. Right. And and this guy who was a, a a a recovering junkie said, "Oh, you are wrong, sir. When you can find the zone there and every and and it filters out everything." And he said, "So it's very possible." And he fully believes that that is truly what happened. Okay. So well, he took it the day before. Oh right? oh, I thought I the way I think I heard the story was he was they were in San Diego or, okay. or in LA or something like that and he was taking the off day in San Diego and so he was just down with his wife dropping acid mm-hmm. and then he got a phone call and said you're pitching today and so he had to come to the stadium so I but the day before I think it was the day before but he was still you know he was still high probably okay. when he went to the game but he figured I'm not starting tomorrow it's fine but then again if he's a recovering junkie like he's had practice so yeah like for you or me to yeah, would, to would. do that and go do anything is probably impossible. <laughs> but you know, you gotta you gotta practice. So okay. and he's obviously good at both. So, it's, as a matter of I fact, I was, I was just I was talking with Carol uh, yesterday. We're we're uh, talking about uh, in in the Queter documentary. He talks about how uh, everybody wants you know uh, everybody wants to get drunk with Queter. That that's 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 part of the uh, part of the show. You know, so people are always buying him shots and drinks and stuff. You mm-hmm. know, and he's working five nights a week. He doesn't really always want to be plastered while yeah, he's working. It's tough. And the situation happened to me. People were just like, "Hey, I better buy you a shot." I'm like, "Dude, I'm at work. I can't. You know, and I'm such a lightweight. Right. Like, so I, I end up in this awkward situation. Just like, I, I I don't want to turn down a shot from you. It's very kind of you, but I, I really have to focus here. I'm not really. I know, I know. It, it kind of sounds like I'm drunk, <laughs> and I kind of play the guitar like I'm drunk, but, but I'm really not. I'm, I'm playing at the this is edge. Just me. Of, yeah, I'm on the bleeding edge of my ability here, and I can't afford to lose my focus, such as it is. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, then, uh, you are also you are one of the biggest Marat fans I know. Yes. Uh, um, and they, in in retrospect, you know, when they put out uh, uh, "Let's Cut the Crap," now was was "Let's Cut the Crap." Was that on uh, Artemis? Was was that a Steve Earle or was that before Steve Earle's label? Do you know? I think Kids in Philly was the Steve Earle one. Okay. Um, Let's Cut the Crap, I think, was like the Philly, you know. Yeah. That was their first album, and um, I think they just did that here. I don't think they got any kind of attention before that. Yeah, they were just making music in their South Philly garage. Right. And um, and I thought it was really cool that, 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 some, that some friends of mine in South Philly garage were, had got Harry Callis to talk on their record. Yeah. And and now that he's now that Harry's no longer with us, that's even cooler. Like I I put that on last night as I was I was queuing these up and I was like, that is so cool to hear Harry's voice. Apparently um when they asked him to record it, they sent him a bunch of things they wanted him to record and a lot of them were like um, you know, negative towards the band. Oh, okay. Like try to get him to say like you know, I don't know what they were, but he wouldn't do it. Oh, I didn't know that. He wouldn't record anything negative. It had to be, you know, so it is what it is. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. But he was happy to do it. And like you said, they weren't really anybody back then, but yeah. that's how that guy was. If you call, called him at Wawa, he'd record your voicemail for you. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so-and-so's not here. He's out of here. Leave a message. You yeah. Know. When was the last time you think Harry Callis bought, him, bought a beer for himself? 1971? Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to we're gonna play this, uh, Kids in Philly. You, uh, Mirage just did, did a bunch of shows. Did you did you see any of them? I did not see them. I heard they were amazing. Yeah. It sounds like they've got the, uh, the band back together and... Oh, so it's not just a just a a fluke few shows. They're actually doing the thing. Yeah, I think they're doing two nights in Chicago. Oh, um, sweet. Soon. Okay. But yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I know that uh, uh, Brenner told me he was going up to the I think it was the Stone Pony or something in Asbury. Right. And, and uh, Serge is back, and uh, Adam and Dave are back. Oh, good. So, yeah. Good. Okay, so we are going to uh, listen to uh, Kids in Philly, including the uh, uh, the part by Harry. 
Good evening, everyone, from Veterans Stadium in South Philadelphia, where unfortunately it's raining very hard and we're stuck in the dreaded pregame rain delay. We were to hear our lovely national anthem performed tonight by those velvety-throated teen idol sensations, Marah. That seems unlikely now. Strangely, though, the group is still standing out before home plate in the drenching downpour, grinning. Why, these cats are weird. It's just so many hours in a day of the week shall we stay. There you go. That was Rain Delay by uh, by Marat. Um, so you also sent me on this list, possibly my favorite and absolutely everyone's favorite, uh, um, was the was the the uh, talking softball on the on the Simpsons. Yes. Uh, now, who wrote that originally? Was that you told me in the email? Yeah, I don't remember, but everyone has Google. So talking yeah. baseball, talking softball. Yeah. So um, we will we will listen to that right now because that's freaking awesome. Well, Mr. Burns had done it, the power plant had won it, with Roger Clemens clucking all the while. Mike Sosha's tragic illness made us smile, while Wade Boggs lay unconscious on the barroom tile. We're talking softball, from Maine to San Diego, talking softball, Manningly and Conseco, Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Steve Sachs and is running with the law. We're talking Homer, Ozzy and the Straw. We're talking softball from Maine to San Diego. Talking softball, Mattingly and Conseco, Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Steve Sachs and is running with the law. We're talking Homer. Ozzy and the Talking Homer, Ozzy and the Straw. So many that um, <laughs> that I I I I've always wondered. Like I imagine that I just the way I imagine it is everywhere Don Mattingly goes, he just doesn't go a single day without someone saying, "Shave those sideburns, Mattingly." <laughs> Awkward now that he's the manager of the, the Marlins. Yes. <laughs> Matter of fact, I, I think I probably yelled it at him at a Phillies game once. He did uh, institute the no facial hair rule for the Marlins. Okay. He pulled the thing from the Yankees, which I don't understand how he had the mustache when he was on the Yankees, but I guess mustaches were okay, but the beard wasn't. Yeah, they had limits. Yeah. And everything had to be, I don't know, yeah, there were, there, there's rules. I don't right. Know. I remember that uh, um, 
Johnny Damon shaved off his gorilla, his his right. man beard when he became a Yankee. Had to so, clean it up. Yep. You're a Yankee now. Yeah. Oh, so that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, I, I think the project went away, but there was, you may even know the name of the guys, but in the 70s, there were two Yankees who were going to swap wives, and um, Affleck and Damon had optioned their story. And like they publicly, and I think they probably did. They publicly announced it that they were we're swapping wives, like not just for the night, like forever. Right. Yeah. And and uh, uh, Damon and Affleck said they were going to make a movie about that, um, but of course they'd have to play Yankees, which would be tough for them. Right. You know, in Gone Girl, he wouldn't wear a Yankees cap. Really. Yeah. He's scene where he has to. He's being incognito and he goes to New York, and they they in the in the book the guy wears a, a Yankees cap, so he compromised. He wore a Mets cap because no. Affleck wouldn't wear a Yankees cap, although he probably shouldn't have put on a Batman uniform from costume. <laughs> from, from what I've been reading. <laughs> He's worn worse. That is a yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should have been happy to be in a good movie. So uh, you you put the Doctor Dog's fanatic song on this. Yes. Uh, ooey, 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 ooey. Uh, so we are going. We're going to listen to that uh, that particular piece. You can't beat Philly uh, retro soul with Doctor with Doctor Dog. That is true. All right. So let's listen to. Uh, uh, we are. By the way, we're listening. In case you in case you tuned in in the middle of a podcast for some. <laughs> Fucked up reason. I don't even know how that happens. Uh, with Chris Hebner, who gave me a list of his ten favorite baseball songs, some of which are barely about baseball. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so, so here we go. Uh, Doctor Dog with the fanatic song. The fanatic is hands down the, the best mascot in all of sports. Right? I mean, I don't even. Th- I mean, all I, time. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, people can make a case for the San Diego chicken. Well, where's the San Diego chicken? Where now? is the chicken now? No staying power. Mostly he couldn't stand the heat, so he had to get out of the chicken. So yeah, so he, he uh, crossed the road. He crossed the road forever. <laughs> Remember when he went? He was the San Diego chicken, but then like he got in some sort of argument. It was, it was uh, like I think it was a radio station promotion. How it started, I think. And then he became like the, the famous chicken or the international chicken or something like that. Like he didn't want to be just like tied down just to San right, Diego. Right. <laughs> so bad move. Bad, bad move. Dr. Dog uh, with the Fanatic song. And you were telling me that this is, that's that's not commercially available? You said they just put it up on SoundCloud? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the Phillies put out a new Philly Fanatic video every year or every other year, and I think they made that specifically for okay for the Phillies. So okay. the Phillies had Dr. Dog All right. do that. So that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. 
And um, we we were talking we were talking during the break uh, about the uh, uh, the other songs that we got on the list, and you said uh, you said don't ask me about the uh, about the uh, the Joe DiMaggio done it again song. That's that's the the baseball project. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's Billy Bragg and Wilco. That's Billy Bragg and Wilco. Yeah, and you said you you uh, you were you, so, you said you were sucking up to me. You put you put a Dylan song on. Uh, uh, you put a, a, a Dylan Todd Snyder. <laughs> Dylan and Todd Snyder and Woody Guthrie, <laughs> which I appreciate. Anybody? And you brought beer, so your sucking up is complete. That's, you're the second guy in the past uh, uh, month or two to to, to, to bring beer. Uh, Greg Cagnell was on the show, and uh, and and he brought beer as well. So. So this is, I mean, nobody brings Mark Marin beer because he's sober. Right. <laughs> so, he's no fun. Yeah. So, um, so let's do. Uh, uh, we're going to do this this Billy Bragg and, and, and Wilco song, Joe DiMaggio done it again song, uh, uh, written by written. It, this is uh, the Billy Bragg Wilco, which which was you know the uh, un- unpublished Woody Guthrie songs. He's got a treasure trove of in the Woody Guthrie archives. There's just like stacks of boxes of, of lyrics. Right, Woody Guthrie lyrics, and I think they made you know. Made up music. Yeah, they made they up music. music for he it. never he never wrote the music down. Right. Yeah. So uh, um, uh, so, so so anyway, so this is on. I think this is on Mermaid Avenue two. This is on the second one. I believe that's yeah. correct. Here we go. That's a nice, fun song by Wilco and Billy Bragg. I like that. Um, okay, so here's the thing. Let me ask you this. So this year they're, they're tightening up on that uh, 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 on the, the Chase Utley rule, the, the second base slide rule. Yes. What do you think about that? Well, they're taking out the neighborhood play, right? Which actually I think made it safer for the fielders, right? And they're going to have instant replays on yeah. double plays or plays at second. So well, they brought this upon themselves with instant replay. Yeah. I, I I don't I kind of feel that instant replay wasn't really necessary. I mm-hmm. kind of feel that because there's 162 games, right? You're gonna get most of them right. Occasionally you get it wrong, and in my opinion, one of the one of the drags about instant replay is that first of all, it slows the game down. These guys go in the in the locker room and talk to New York. That's oh, terrible. Yeah, but more importantly, you know, like you don't get Earl Weaver throwing cigarette butts <laughs> at umpires anymore. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I miss the ump- guy. You know, no longer does a guy come out and fight and, and, and a manager argue and kick dirt because they shows the replay. And then he's like, well, you, well, you got me there. Right. <laughs> you know? So, but obviously, once you put in instant replay, you can't have the neighborhood play because the two are incompatible. Well, it was unreviewable previously. 
Which is also bullshit. It's right. like, oh, well, we just, it's just, you know, just because we've done this since Ty Cobb. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, that that's good if, you know, guys don't, you know, if, if it wouldn't happen to the guy on the Mets in the playoffs, right. it wouldn't have been a thing. If Buster Posey wasn't the guy that got run over, you know, Ray Fossey, was that the guy that Pete Rose, Pete Rose killed him, in an yeah. all-star game? Yeah, you know, they didn't care then. <laughs> um, but it's Buster Posey, you know, the... The white face of MLB, you know, <laughs> the young, you know, good-looking face of baseball. So, uh, you know, that's what happens. So we'll see. Yeah. So I like, I, un- unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily in, in, in favor of, uh, of instant replay in baseball. I, I was also, I'm also when they put six umpires for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm, I'm a little more lax on that now because I figure, ah, it gets, lets two more guys go have the glory of being an umpire. But my my attitude is have enough umpires to get the call right mm-hmm. always. Right. And so if you need six, you need six in the regular season. But uh, uh, that 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 was something that always seemed weird to me. And I I I am also not a fan of uh, of of interleague play all through the year. I kind of like. First of all, I I wasn't in favor of it in '97 because mm-hmm. but. But I grew to like it. It'd be like, I like this. You get a little two-week period where you play by different rules. Right. And you see these teams you never see. And the drag that I had with it was always, you know, they, they, they create this artificial rivalry between, like, the Phillies and the Blue Jays. Because they played in a World Series once 22 years ago. Right. Um, which doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, uh, but I just thought it should be very simple. Like, every year you play, there's there's three divisions in each league. So, every year you play it. So, so you know, you're going to play the, every three years... You're gonna you're gonna play the Yankees, and every six years you're gonna be in Yankee Stadium. You'll be able to trade home and homes or whatever. And I think I, I, that's that's the way I would have done it. But now, just it, it used to be kind of special, and now it's now it's a drag. And unfortunately, I feel that it might be leading to the demise of uh, uh, of pitchers hitting in the National League. Yeah, that's they're they have to play by the same rules. And once they got rid of of the actual National League and American League, I mean, they used to have their own presidents and their own umpires. And yeah, they got rid of that and. They're they're moving towards getting the DH, but um, Ugh, it's such a shame. Darren Ruff could play every day then, but it's it's a whole extra. You know, I don't have to convince you. Batting pitchers batting is better, right? Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. So you agree? So yes, Darren Ruff could play every day. <laughs> he's been and, waiting so long. He's going to be thirty six, and he can finally play every day. <laughs> yeah, but imagine this: in a world with without the national without the designated hitter. David Ortiz could be on his island already. He could be owning his own island. He would have been out of the game 10 years ago. Is that what you want? You don't want David Ortiz in baseball? I, I don't care if he's in baseball or not, but I think <laughs> I can get on with the next chapter of his life. <laughs> Soon enough, Big Poppy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, speaking of the next chapter of his life, let's talk about, uh, about the baseball project. Uh, uh, who's in this band and where do they come from? Okay, the baseball project is a alternative country or alt-rock alt.country super group yeah I guess um one of the guys in it is either peter buck or mike mills from rem depending yeah. on who's available to tour okay um rem is in 80s yes i'm rock, familiar with alternative REM. rock band <laughs> um the other guys are from other bands <laughs> dude i'm from the 80s i couldn't escape well REM. in case any of your listeners don't know who rem is they're a band from the 80s and early <laughs> mid 90s they're a band. So they have a guitar player and a bass player, and one of those guys is in the baseball project. I've seen them three times. One time Peter Buck was in the group. One time Mills was in the group. Okay. Um, but all they do is write songs about baseball. Um, they do tours. They play at minor league ballparks. Yeah. Um, there's other people that are amazing people in that group that actually write the songs and stuff, but um, I don't know who they are. But you can easily Google them. Baseball project. <laughs> Awesome baseball songs. <laughs> you must have been killer at uh, uh, when you gave book reports in school. Oh yeah, you know I'm a music trivia host too. That's why I'm so That's good at right. details. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. That's your other gig. Is you're a music trivia host. Yes. I love that that you do, but you play at that bar with so much it's all that smoke. It's one of those bars where they still smoke. Oh, we don't do it there anymore. Oh, good. No. Okay, that was a nice place, but I'm I'm such an old man. I can't stand the cigarette smoke anymore. Well, if you guys would have said something, I would have. You know, the whole bar's empty, and then one guy sitting next to you is smoking chain smoking. I don't want to be the guy who comes in from Fishtown, comes to South Philly, and you'd be happier spending your. Oh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, so so we're gonna play this. Uh, Tell me about the Harvey Haddocks. This is the saddest story in all. Harvey Haddocks. Um. Well, um. The singer will tell you this. The story he pitched. uh, He lost a perfect game in the thirteenth inning. And it doesn't count as a perfect game until the game ends. So nine innings of perfect ball, if it's tied, is not a you know not a perfect game. He has to get 
The game has to end. And I think at the time they wrote this song, there were 17 perfect games. So they mentioned They do 17. mention that. And uh, when you go see them now, they've amended the song to include uh, Roy Halladay yeah. and Matt Cain. The chorus is all the, the different... The chorus is made out of all the different pitchers that have thrown a perfect game, and he mentions all of them. But this is only up until the point that they recorded this, which was probably six or seven years ago. It's sort of a shame that I think there's now 21 perfect games? 21 or 22. Yeah. Um, and the reason we have instant replay is because of uh, Galarraga. Oh, yes. Who blew the oh. perfect game on the blown call. Yeah, oh, So I think that shame. was part of the reason oh. that He was such replay. a prince about that, too. too yeah. Right? Yeah, it was... Oh. But, um... Yeah, but but the the it, you used to be able to say you know more people have walked on the moon than have thrown a perfect game. Right. And so uh, um, uh, the the story I always tell is I was uh, for for Roy's perfect game uh, in 2010, mm-hmm. May of 2010 against the Marlins in in Florida, right? Right. Uh, um, I was at my friend Ned's house, uh, 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 and we were listening on the radio. He's got a cabin up in the woods, and we were listening on the radio uh, with a friend of ours, Sheila, who is not a baseball fan at all, um, and so. Uh, yeah, we're just sort of listening. It's on in the background, and uh, um, it, it was. And so, so uh, Fransky says uh, he's been up and down through the lineup once, and you know, we both just look at each other. Oh, okay, once, mm-hmm. you know, and then just don't say anything about it. And then, it, then it gets serious, right? Right. And even though I don't believe in superstition at all, I respect the tradition. And you don't mention a perfect game in the middle innings of a perfect game, or the middle or late innings right. of a perfect game. And so, what was really fun was we had to explain to Sheila what how what a special thing she was listening to without telling her what a thing. And she didn't care. She was just like, just friggin' tell me. Right. And I'm like, no, we can't tell you, but this is a very special thing. Imagine if you did something so well that it had zero flaws in what you were doing. And then I tried to call my dad and tell him, Dad, you should turn on the TV. Something very special. What? What's going on? Well, it's it's like a... It's like if something was very, very good. I had to say it. I was like, turn on the TV. It's like, oh, okay. God damn it, Brodsky ruined it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, and so that was, he had he had two that same year, right? Halliday. He had, he had the no-hitter in the playoffs, which you and I watched yes. downstairs. Yes. Game yeah. one of the playoffs Game one. against yes. the Cincinnati Reds. That was the, that was the high watermark for the... Uh, for, for the Roy Halladay Philadelphia Phillies because mm-hmm. then it's pretty much stunk out the joint after game one against Cincinnati. So let's uh, let's hear about the sad, sad story of Harvey Haddix as told by the baseball project. May 26, 1959 in Milwaukee on the mound Harvey Haddix said the Pirates was mowing him down 27 up 27 gone Nine innings in the book and not a man had gotten on. Now in history, only 17 have thrown a perfect game. A most exclusive club and a most exalted fame. But after nine, the Pirates, well, they hadn't scored a perfect game and still they had to pitch some Mike Witt, Dennis Martinez. 
So we were we were uh, we were talking during during the song. Um, first of all, how do you not be mad at your at, at your offense for, for not being able to score you a run? And uh, uh, also, you said uh, um, that that it's pretty cool. How many guys have done that? Pitch thirteen perfect innings. Yeah, it's it's a crazy story. I yeah, mean. and I believe um, I don't know if it was perfect or just a no hitter, but uh, Babe Ruth once got thrown out of a game after like one pitch. He was the pitcher, and he got thrown out. And then the guy who replaced him might have been a Red Sox. Might have been back in the Red Sox. Yeah, it was days. Red Sox. And then the guy uh, went uh, went through twenty seven. I don't know whether it was perfect or just a no no, um, but doesn't get credit for a for not, a, not a perfect game. Yeah, well, not nine perfect, innings. Yeah, twenty seven up, twenty seven down. Yeah, because because uh, Babe Ruth, so which is right. the classic Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth one story. Pitch and, and then you know Rick Wise took care of it. Wasn't a perfect, but but Rick Wise is no hitter. He's like, all right, I'll score the runs. Rick hit two home runs right. and pitched it. So we were talking during the break uh, about uh, Aaron McCowan, um, a friend of mine and a friend of the podcast who just had, uh, she just posted on Twitter a few days ago. She was at a um, uh, an event, I think it was in La Jolla, California, and she ended up being there with David Wells, and they were, and she posted some cool pictures of her uh, comparing their their arm sleeve tattoos. And uh, and and you told you told me a story that you had heard from Jimmy Fallon about from Jimmy Fallon. You know, yeah, you Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy and I were hanging out. Um, he was in a box, and I was sitting there and he was telling the story that apparently when David Wells hosted David Wells hosted Saturday Night Live in the '90s, and apparently David Wells went to the after party as everyone who's on that show does. Jimmy Fallon goes home at a, you know six o'clock in the morning. David Wells is still partying. Jimmy Fallon wakes up later. Turns on the TV and there's David Wells pitching. He pitched that day and that was the day he pitched his perfect game for the Yankees. He stayed up all night drinking with the SNL cast and crew and then went to work and threw a perfect game. So, I mean, what, what, what's more difficult to do? That? Do it while, while drunk or... Or on LSD, on LSD? or hungover or... Um, I just think... In just for me, just getting it over the plate, sixty feet and six inches away, <laughs> throwing like one strike would be, um, you know, when, when we go to the batting cages, I, I don't know, I've, I know I've been with you. I always go to the whatever the top speed is. They usually have that seventy-five mile an hour cage, right? So I go there at the, at the very end, you know, and I just do what I can. And so basically, my my theory is when I hear the ball hit the uh, the the fence behind me Get is when I start swinging one. at the next pitch <laughs> and then you just sort of adjust your swing and usually on those on those I get uh, I will foul off I'll miss I'll miss most of them mm-hmm. I will foul off 20 or 30 percent and I will on a, if I'm really on my game I will tap one lightly back to the mound I'll put one ball in play for the easiest out ever so playing baseball is hard dude it is <laughs> Especially at our age. Yeah, especially at our age. I'm sore for two days from sleeping. <laughs> I did pull my back <laughs> sleeping the other day. <laughs> it seems unfair. All right, so we're going to uh, uh, go towards the end here. We will We will now get to um, this song, which we're not going to play all of. Hold on a second. All right, so what you got here is on your list is uh, Simon and Garfunkel, uh, Mrs. Robinson. Simon and Garfunkel were a folk duo from the 60s. <laughs> she just landed from a planet. She's never heard of them. That uh, Edie Brickell's husband used to be in a band. Well, I don't know who that is. But <laughs> you don't know Edie Brickell is a new bohemian? Right, okay. Because <laughs> that, that's when I was in college. I was, I was all about Edie Brickell. Like, I was way into that band. Really? I can't defend it. I just, I'm just saying it was what it was. Okay. Yeah, so I really like philosophy is a lie in the fog or a smile on a dog or a new set of pogs or I don't know, but it was, yeah, it was college. I, I was too young for that. <laughs> I guess Congratulations, funny. you missed that. Yeah. But anyway, I call bullshit on this being a baseball song because they mentioned Joe DiMaggio. Okay, so what I heard, the story that I heard yeah. that I liked, uh-huh. I heard it in a uh, smoky bar on Two Street, so it has to be true. Sure. Is when he says, where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Nation turns our lonely eyes to you. Yeah, this is a reference to the late '60s. There was there was no offense in baseball. They ended up lowering the mound, 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is Juan Marichal and Bob, Bob Gibson. Gibson. They were dominating, striking everyone out. So the ooh, ooh, oohs is a reference to the zeros in the box score. I had never heard that. So that's how I'm stretching this into the baseball. You know what? Cool. We're still not going to listen to the whole song. That's it's a fine. great song. Right. But I'm, I'm glad I got to hear that story. I, I had never heard that story, but that sure does seem like uh, an Okay, and so we are we are back, and so I believe now we just have um, well, there's also you put center field on by John Fogarty. Very lazy choice. Very lazy. choice. Very lazy. Now I remember uh, whenever that song came out, what eighty six, eighty seven, ninety one. I don't know. That that album was everywhere. The old man is down the road, and center field, and you know, and and John Fogarty is a great songwriter in that he has written a great song. Yes. They all sound, kind of sound the same to me. Right. Like, which, and I'm saying this. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I respect John Fogarty and Creedence Clearwater Revival. I just don't want to listen to Centerfield ever again in my entire life. It's a great song, but, you know. It's... I like the, the live video where they have Jerry Garcia doing the okay, sure. guitar part. That's okay. cool. Yeah, okay. I guess. I guess, sure. Sure. So, John Fogarty Centerfield is on there. It is. It is... Uh, uh, I guess almost no baseball song list would be complete without it. We were also talking about, I mean, this is just a list that you pulled up, but we right. we were talking about um, a couple of my favorites. Uh, I know Dan Byrne, I think, has a whole album called like Diamond Dan or something like that. Uh, and also Chuck Brodsky writes a lot of baseball songs. And Chuck wrote a great one called uh, called Lefty mm-hmm. uh, that is about uh, the ignominious demise of Steve Carlton's career. Have you ever seen my favorite Steve Carlton baseball card? Have you seen the Minnesota Twins card? I probably had it because I would have been right in the time where I it was like '87. He went from like I think the Giants to the Twins, and then maybe he was with the Rockies, and then he was in the minors, still Wait, playing. The Rockies weren't a team yet, but I still no. feel like he played for them. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but he just didn't know when to give it up. Right. But there's a great picture of him, his baseball card. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put it uh, uh, on the, the on the post. You can look cool. at it. Uh, and there's of him sitting in the dugout in a Twins uniform, and he just looks like he's gonna cry. <laughs> he just looks, it, he looks completely miserable. And you know, I guess Steve always looked miserable even when right. he was in a good mood. But uh, yeah. So anyway, um, that is uh, 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 the, we are gonna go out with one more song, which is really great. You put you put Catfish, which is Jacques Levy and Bob Dylan co-wrote that, hmm. and you get the feeling like Bob Dylan isn't doesn't seem like a baseball guy, and so this Jacques Levy guy. Uh, for some reason, was co-writing with Bob, and I think uh, everybody feels that 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 sort of the uh, um, uh, the theme of the song was sort of driven by Jacques. What do you want to write about today? And, and baseball, and Bob right. said, oh, "Okay, okay. <laughs> sure, as long as, long as he's going to smoke us up." So, um, so anyway, so this there uh, and his song, he's got a little outtake on a little two and a half minute outtake uh, on uh, the the bootleg sessions. Uh, there's a really great version that I found last night by uh, Joe Cocker, and we are going to go out with that. We'll just let that play out. Cool. Uh, but Hebner was here talking talking baseball. Uh, let me ask you one more thing about the season, about the Philly season. Yes. Uh, come the trade deadline, they obviously are not going to be buyers because they're you know they're 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 going to flirt with 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 ninety ninety to hundred losses this year. So it right. would be pointless to be buyers. Will they be sellers? What do they got to sell? So Looks- when they picked up a bunch of these relievers and the two starters, the hope was that they would pitch well and then they can flip them at the deadline. So oh, okay. Hellickson's a candidate for that because he's a free agent at the end of the year. I'm pretty sure Morton is too. Morton would have to pitch really well. But Hellickson's only a few years away from being rookie of the year. Okay. Uh, same with Andrew Bailey, um, former A's closer that okay. they picked up on a minor league deal who's looking to be the front runner for the closer job this year. He was a rookie of the year also a few years ago. So if any of those guys can turn into anything, then cool, you know. And if Ryan Howard hits, you know, forty home runs in the first half, maybe we can get a uh, <laughs> what is it? A barrel of baseballs for <laughs> uh, bucket of balls, bucket of and balls. some and some Ben Gay, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that uh, that'll be the hope. Anyway, thanks a lot for coming by, Chris. Hey, thanks was, for having this, me. This Adam. was super fun, man. Yes. All right, so this is uh, uh, Catfish by uh, the late great Joe Cocker. Better have to go and save.
Oh 